They're just too damn expensive. That's why I always get the regular tacos, two for ninety nine cents. Are you kidding? Of course I'm right. Oh, you, you, oh, you mean you're talking to Joe? I was, but then I realized there was no reason to because he was right. And if you think the price of agony is one crave case of double cheeseburgers, no pickles for Dan, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Man, I am not feeling fit for a king tonight. Hey, what's your problem with pickles, dude? Pickles dude. fucking rock. You know what? Give me 49 cheeseburgers that are basically made out of sewage. Okay, with some like really saturated liquefied fucking buns but don't you dare put fucking pickles on that <laughs> that's just gross i don't even know why you would do something like that mm, dude i love especially hot pickles no disgusting. Love shit, man it's like vomit in a little tiny fucking roundish <laughs> it's like some kind of deformed clover shape so do you even do you like uh cucumbers at all no we, i know you're trying to find some kind of hypocrisy but yeah, I'm fucking dedicated to the task. Pepperoncinis, disgusting. Dude. Don't put all that healthy shit on all my processed shit. Pepperoncinis, so gross. Dude, that shit is awesome. Disgusting. Man. You know what else is? You awesome? know what I do when I get a? You know what I do when I get a pepperoncini? I throw, throw it, it in the away. trash. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, give it to me. <laughs> I'm gonna give Jeff his way for once, and we're gonna talk about fit for a king. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah one of the few bands that I actually advocated for i was pleasantly surprised i was expecting since we have listened to dark skies on patreon that we were going to get some generic metalcore asking alexandria type thing and we got a little bit of that kind of got that but for the most part this was a consistently heavy band and i have very little if any complaints I think they're more extreme now than they were when they started. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Because like Joe said, there's a little hints of that uh, Asking Alexandria metalcore. You can say pop metalcore. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, they had some pop metalcore in their early years. Definitely more of a formula for sure on this band. Yeah. In the early years. Yeah. We'll get we'll get into all that. We'll We'll get out our little knives and dissect it. Yeah, I was just I was shocked that I actually recommended a Christian metalcore band. Yeah, that is kind of Yeah, like if everybody who's listened to past episodes knows that is like uh that's some freaky Friday shit. Yeah, that's like the, my kryptonite. I'm like, "Nope, stay away from that." So next week I'm going to be like, "Guys, we should talk about Depeche Mode, I think." Oh my god, yeah. I I'd, I'd <laughs> fucking cream my pants. Well, before we find out what happens when Dan wants to be Jeff for a day, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, guys. Thanks for leaving us reviews. We appreciate them. We need reviews. Reviews help podcasts get exposed to people that haven't heard your podcast before, and that's why we ask for them. Leave us whatever kind of review you think we deserve. We will read it on the show. It will be a great time for everyone involved. Yeehaw. 
Also, Joe, you left fucking money on the table by not saying it before we start creaming our pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure. I thought for sure that was going to be the intro. You underestimate my creativity and references to the film Freaky Friday. <laughs> well, you know. One thing that keeps us going is our Patreon subscribers. We love these guys. These are the people that go above and beyond to help us make this podcast happen. I'd like to shout them out right now. And that would be Lance Oligood, Zach Barr, Alexander, and one Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Thank you guys so much for the contributions you give us every month. Uh, the people that we shout out every month are at the like $3 or more tier. So I don't want you guys that only pay a dollar every month to feel bad. And we definitely want to say thank you to all of our patrons, especially the ones at the $1 level. You guys are making it happen as well, and we thank you so much for that. Hopefully you're enjoying those individual album reviews. We have some things coming for you very soon. And Jeff's going to read an email from one of our patrons. Yes, sir, I am. Lance Allegood has a nice little ditty that he sent to us, and it says this. Dan, Joe, and Jeff. And he spelt my name right, so I'm, <laughs> I, I'm pumped. There's a Russian metal band that I recently discovered called Second to Sun, and I just can't seem to get enough of this band's latest album, The Walk. I think part of the appeal is that the bass guitar is not only audible, but provides some great accents to many tracks. The vocals are just agonizing to listen to, but in a good way. And he also puts, also, I have no idea if the, the vocals are in Russian or not, and frankly, I don't care. That's my kind of listener right there, because <laughs> I don't really give a shit what they're saying, as long as it sounds awesome. So the album that he was uh, that he's recommending is, uh, of course, by Second to Sun, and it is called We Are Not Alone. And he goes on to say, so I have no idea if you guys are open to requests from your Patreon supporters. Yes, we are. But if you are, I'd be genuinely interested to hear your thoughts in a Patreon review. And he says, no offense if you guys pass on it. Well, well we definitely did not pass on it. By the time we're, you're hearing us read this email, we have already done a Patreon episode. And uh, you'll get to hear all of that on your private feed that you get for being a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, and just for everybody out there, we're open to whatever you, you have to say to us. We love the communication. So if you guys give us ideas, you know, we like to introduce new music to you guys, but we love it when we get the feedback and you guys are giving us new bands that we haven't heard as well. That's awesome. That's the whole concept of this is so we can get to hear all these different types of discographies. Yeah. I mean, send us a message on Facebook, send us a private message on Twitter or a public message on Twitter or send us an email. However, you have to get a hold of us. We're open to your suggestions, guys, so uh, keep them coming. And if you want to hear that album review, along with other individual album reviews, you can contribute to the Discuss Metal Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. One dollar gets you access to that exclusive album review feed, along with other stuff that is forthcoming. And in closing, Lance has, has this to say, I really enjoy listening to both the regular show and your Patreon review episodes. Keep up the excellent work, and thank you for introducing me to new music. And thank you for introducing us to Second to Sun. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, Lance. You're the man. So, Dan, tell me about Fit for a King. Oh, boy. Fit for a King is an American metalcore band from America. No, they're a metalcore band. They're signed to Solid State Records. They are not necessarily a band 
that's going to play a style of music that you don't expect. But I do think that as you listen to them, you're going to find that they do what they're doing a lot better than a lot of the bands they sound like. Yeah, they, they've taken the, the formula that has been in place for a while now, which is metalcore. Your sing, your scream, your breakdowns, your bass drops, all that shit. They do all of it. They just happen to do it better than most. They absolutely do it better than most. And I think that uh, this is kind of one of the best examples of what modern metalcore can be. I agree. And it's so weird that it's me that picks this out instead of Dan. I, I, I got I got to give myself a little pat on the back because like <laughs> Dan is like the king of metalcore. Wow. Well, compared to me, you are. That's quite the title. I'm the jester of the court when it comes to, <laughs> to metalcore. So. He's the guy that we beat when we're upset. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in 2011, actually more correctly in 2013 when the band was signed to Solid State, they put out their debut album, which was called Descendants. No, it was, 20, it was 2011. You well, right Descendants was originally released independently by the band in 2011, but was then re-released by Solid State as their debut in 2013. And that's like Descendants Redux or Redo. Right. Is that how you say that? I always it's, say Redux. It, it, it's Redo. Oh, Redo. Okay. Well, anyway, that's the only version of it I've heard is the redo and from my understanding this album was actually they took the independent release they took all the same songs but they went into a new studio and they re-recorded everything with their current vocalist with the current at that time because they kind of rotated quite a bit well the the lead screamer so to speak is all has been the same since this recording I was toying with calling this album a plea for purging revisited because there are aspects of these early recordings that just remind me of 2013. The way the drums, the guitars are in perfect sync. Vocalist is just slaughtering your ear canals with his cupped mic glory. But then these melodic parts kick in and I'm reminded of modern metalcore, which I have a love-hate relationship with lately. Having only really listened to the newest album and then listening to this album about five years apart, I didn't hear much variation, but it didn't bother me in this case. This band essentially sounds the same from start to finish, and I'm not annoyed by that. It's not a stale sound that they just keep digging a hole that never gets filled with anything new it never rains they're perfectly fine with sounding like this all the time well i think on descendants the thing that i found the most notable was that the vocal melodies are very much on point like they hit certain sensors in your brain to where they are super catchy and the vocals have kind of a sheen to them it's very saccharine vocals for the cleans, but it is extremely catchy, extremely memorable, and he doesn't sound like he's whining. Because that's the biggest complaint everybody has about this type of metalcore is, hey, the guy that's screaming sounds really cool, but the guy that's doing the singing sounds like a little girl. Yeah, kind of like uh, Sleeping With Sirens. Yeah, exactly well, like that. Yeah. And with this, I found that the clean vocalist was very strong and was able to keep the momentum of the songs going. And his saccharine voice is very much a good contrast to the screamed vocals, which are really fucking extreme. 
Yeah, they're straight up brutal. They're yeah, great. like this dude is is not kidding around, and he's he's probably one of the better like metalcore vocalists out there. Because I mean, there's kind of this trope that like there's so many dudes out there that can scream in the metalcore voice, but I like really feel like this dude's got some serious conviction going on, and he is just ready to, as Joe said, slaughter your ear canals. <laughs> it's one of the most notable things about the band. I mean, the band themselves are tight. Um, and I don't know if that's just the recording, but like Joe said, the guitars are totally in sync with one another. It's degent tight. It's kind of like gent, but it's um, no. I I definitely get a lot uh, that downtone genty kind yeah, of feel and to it. it's and that's, straight up there. That's going to continue to be the case. Yeah, uh, throughout. And I really like, really like this album, but the songs I don't feel are as memorable as what we're going to get later. Still in 2013, Creation, Destruction. I love this album. They're both very well represented here. Yes, they are. You know, I think the other thing I like about all their albums, I think they're all under 40 minutes. Yeah, they're like quick listens. Yeah, yeah, they're straight and to the point. Like, there's no dicking around. There's no filler. It's just, you know, (laughs) just, I mean, it's metalcore filler. What do you do? Uh, chug on open. All right, what do we do now? Chug on dissonant one. <laughs> yeah, no, he's right. I mean, like, there's nothing, there's nothing like revolutionary about this band. And I know that sounds like a bad thing, but it's really not. Sometimes you just want a good thing. Like when I pull up to McDonald's and I order a double cheeseburger, I get the same fucking experience every single time I do it. And maybe that sounds old or whatever, but I don't eat that every single day. And sometimes I just want a sure thing. Talking about sure things. You're talking about double cheeseburger. I think that's just metalcore in general. These guys are the double quarter pounder with cheese. The new double quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, God, this is going to be really, really dry. And they're like, oh, no, no, we soaked it in grease Yeah. before we put it on the bun. Yeah. And, and we put like a half that a makes it a juicy it. patty. Yeah. And I fucking love every bit of it. You could tell we're you could tell it's late into the night and we're getting hungry. Yeah, we're really <laughs> hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I thought this record was really good for a lot of the same reasons that Descendants was good. You know, I feel like they're very much the same band on these two records. And I call this the older Fit for a King sound because it's the last album that has this clean vocalist on it. Yep. And I do think that he was more saccharine, had a, a really catchy quality to his voice. Um, kind of poppy. Yeah. And the screamer is, I mean, just fucking, I mean, going to kill your whole family. I mean, he is just so over the top on this one. I noticed the breakdowns on this one, too, have almost more of a dissonant deathcore sound to them. And uh, I, I really appreciated that about the band because they have the contrast down perfect. Because you know, a lot of bands, you know, you got this really heavy open and then the chorus kicks in and it all slows the fuck down and gets annoying. Fit for a King's not like that, man. They're like zero to 70 the entire time. When are they at zero? I feel like they're almost always at seven before you hit play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. They're at zero on every single breakdown. If they're not at zero, they're at one. Yeah. Guitar joke there for all you nerds. <laughs> yeah, th- this I'm is one of them. Beats per, beats per week. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that one was really funny. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I think this is less like a double cheeseburger from McDonald's and more like a foot-long chili dog from Sonic. Damn. It's exactly what you're expecting, but it's not a double cheeseburger. It's just something else. 
You want that with tater tots and a root beer? Yes. <laughs> we need to go eat. No, now all I want to <laughs> do is just think about I don't. a slinger, man. But uh, smothered and covered, chopped and diced, yeah. and <laughs> but creation destruction is very similar to Descendants. It's going to be really hard to go on a deep dive with this band, and I apologize for that. But they really are what you see on the cover. You can totally judge them by what's on the cover. However, it's the individual elements put together with this band that make them more interesting and make them a little bit more like what you would recommend your friends to listen to. Like, you don't have to justify Fit for a King. They're just that good as songwriters. Yeah, they're shining examples within their genre. And that's probably the best way to put it for me. And unfortunately, whenever you have something that's consistently good on this podcast, it, it means that uh, there's not a whole lot of differing opinions. There's not people arguing, uh, saying negative shit, because there really isn't a whole lot of negative things to say other than the, the fact that they just... They do it well all the time. I mean, is that a bad thing? Not at all. No, it just it's more of the same. Yes, but it's that's good shit. I mean, it's the reason why people love fast food. Right. Well, <laughs> we, again. We're just gonna go keep going back. It, we know it's the same shit, but you know we fucking love it, so that's why we eat it. 2014, right. slave to nothing. Okay, now this album deserves special mention. This one's my favorite of the bunch, and probably because it's the first one I heard from the band. But uh, the clean singer is different on this album, and I actually kind of like him a little bit better. Yeah, there's a little more texture to his voice. Yeah, and a little bit more emotion, a little bit more conviction. He's not whining, although some people might see it that way. Uh, I don't think that the original guy was whinier than this guy, but I don't think either one of them super whiny. Um, but no, I just love the way this album starts off. It's just got a it's just got a nice um, driving riff to it. Opens up. The drumming is fucking phenomenal on this record. Like it's a step up from the previous two, in my opinion, and like really carries these songs to the next level. Because I noticed that these songs have a little bit more air in between the riffs. Like it's a little bit more spread out overall, and they're able to really kind of get in there and you know throw their elbows around for lack of a better term <laughs> and uh, like I just think that these songs have so much breathing room and they're able to go into a better verse chorus verse structure than they did before like the previous two albums had parts strung together and they were strung together really well this is the first album where I feel like they were trying to get singles I don't know it's just good I, I don't really <laughs> I don't really have any. They do have a guest vo vocalist. I don't know if anybody knows Maddie Montgomery. He's from uh, For Today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, Maddie. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's on. Uh, crap. Which one is that? I always forget. I think it's Slave to Nothing. Which is funny because I feel like their regular, like their main vocalist makes Maddie sound like a little bitch. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And Matt, it's not like Maddie doesn't have a strong voice. He does. Yeah, but it just is completely overshadowed by this vocalist that's just way fucking better at what he's doing <laughs> than everybody else. Um, I just love like I love how consistent his voice is. Yeah, but it's yeah Ryan Kirby. Yeah, the never dude's a, is a fucking beast. He man. is like he's a total powerhouse, and you couple that with the with the just amazing drumming 
and the percussive elements on this are amazing, even though I think they were trying to make a more melodic record here. Like, it's just not possible at all. And uh, this record is just consistent from start to finish and has some of their more memorable songs on it. And uh, I just love it. I wish I had more to say about it, but I, it's just it's a very enjoyable record. I can throw it on pretty much any time and be totally enraptured in it. There's some growth with these guys, but a lot of these albums, you could pretty much play them out of order. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, 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 it's, and it's perfectly fine. There's a lot of other you know artists that there is such a progression in their styles that it, if you play it out of order, it doesn't make it any sense at all and this stuff it's all it's just all the same i mean it and like dan said that's not a in this instance that's not a bad thing it's it's really what they do they just do really well i feel like they've uh, did a lot of research before they've had a lot of examples uh ahead of time and they just knocked it out of the park really this is a modern example of a sure thing yeah yeah, and you know what's funny is the uh, the uh, the charting proves it is so. Even though they're a Christian metalcore band, I mean they've made it on to they make it onto um, national U.S. charts. You know, not the Heat Sinkers, the Christian Rock, or the Christian. No, we're talking about you know U.S. Billboard. These guys find themselves there, which is really surprising, uh, but definitely in a good way. I, I'm glad that there's still metal that is finding its way to the mainstream uh, so people can realize that metal is not dead. Well, this proves to me that metalcore isn't dead because I usually call it a dead style. Yeah. There aren't a lot of bands out there that are innovating it, and they're not innovating it either, but when I listen to them, they kind of remind me of why I like it and why it's still viable and something that I should still give a shit about. Yeah. And you know what? I was just thinking about something. We were talking about how brutal the, the vocalist is. You know who he reminds me of, kind of, sort of? Who's that? Uh, is a, a band that we did on uh, a Patreon episode, Brother Von Doom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they kind of like... say fit for a king. Oh, fit for a king. No shit. <laughs> yeah. But I just say... <laughs> I hope so. But it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, dude, he's kind of got that pukey vocal, like, just brutal... And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the same thing. I like, I'm digging it. And I think it's part of the reason why I like it because I love Brother Von Doom as well. Yeah, no, like this guy takes it to the next level. And I think he actually sounds even more intense on their next album, Death Grip. 2016. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Straight up, man. It's crazy. There's a lot more deathcore type stuff on this record too. And I like that about it. It's, it's, this is probably their heaviest record, uh, Death Grip. It is just uncompromising. I mean, the first actual song on the record is called Pissed Off, and it definitely sounds like it. Yeah, they kind of, they start getting uh, like a Meshuggah vibe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm totally digging that. Espe especially on Pissed Off, man. You can really hear it in, in Pissed Off. That whole album, dude, is just so, it's genty. It's the gentiest album they've done yet. Yeah, and I'm not complaining I'm at not all. I'm not complaining at all either. Like, it, it is just so it all runs together really well, and it's their least melodic record overall. Like, I almost feel bad for people if this is the first Fit for a King album you listen to, and then you go back and listen to the other stuff, you might actually think the older stuff is weak in comparison, and you're not wrong, but I don't think anything this band's done is weak. I think they've been super consistent throughout. If they keep going this direction, like, because I guess there is a little bit of difference on this one as compared to the others. This is the most different one. This is the one that stands out the most. Yeah, I agree. And uh, 
it's it's fan fucking tastic. Yeah, it's killer. Like I recommend, uh, I recommend this one really heavily. I think Slave to Nothing and Death Grip, and really Dark Skies and Descendants and Creation Destruction. You know, yeah, like in other again, words, it's, the just, it's all good. And the albums aren't that long, so like you could make a massive playlist of all their stuff, which is what I did, and like it works. They're definitely a playlist band. I don't think that their albums are necessarily stunning magnum opus type of releases that, you know, just make me redefine how I feel about the world. But it's really comforting. Like, it's comforting because I like it. I can bang my head to it. I, it's fun to pump up in the car because the production's so good. You know, it just works. It bounces. I think they, they really have just been on the up and up. And I, I do think that this band is capable of creating a really great album. I don't think they're quite there yet, but what they're doing is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. In another band, uh, and I hope they actually end up surpassing him because they, uh, this band kind of took a bit of a backward step here recently because they switched out their vocalist. Uh, but musically, this album reminds me a ton of uh, a band out of England called Heart of a Coward. Oh, yeah. A, a lot of, uh, at least the first half of Deliverance and this album. I mean, it's like they could be cousins or, or something. They're definitely in the same family, and that's a very good thing because when that album, when Deliverance came out, that was uh, one of my, uh, it was like in my top five for that year. I think that was 2016. It's entirely possible that this could be the shortest episode of discography discussion. It might be, man, at least in a couple years. But 2018, Dark Skies. Holy shit, Backbreaker. It has Backbreaker on it. Oh, my God. I'm going to try really hard not to spoil the Patreon review that we've done about this record, but it has Backbreaker on it. Yeah, Backbreaker is... Holy shit. <laughs> like, the best song to play 16-bit beat-em-up games <laughs> to. Where you're literally... Because, I mean, just the way the beats all... Like, the drops all fit together like it works out perfectly that every three seconds when you're what you're seeing on screen you're hearing this and then on screen you're like slamming dudes into the fucking pavement somebody's playing final fight yeah absolutely so you're like literally breaking people's backs as you listen to backbreaker uh i recommend streets of rage 2 uh for this one which is what i listened what i played while i listened to this and uh, the rest of the album is very much in the same vein. It is so heavy. It's more melodic than Death Grip was, but they're starting to incorporate that melody in there. But I mean, the production is just so out of fucking control on this one that like, I mean, the drop, like the, the drops on the breakdowns are just like so heavy. It's like almost like a, almost like a new metal <laughs> type of drop, like, like the really heavy new metal shit. And uh, I like that. I like hearing that influence with this band. And uh, this record has actually grown on me since we did the Patreon review. Really good. I'm I'm glad that um, that that it's actually stuck with you. And that, that's one of the reasons why we do like the doing the Patreon stuff. Is you know sometimes you end up becoming a fan of a band that you didn't realize was out there, and and you end up doing an, an entire discography on them. And that that's I think this is the first time we've done that. Is this out? Is this is this group? Yep. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll give a final thought. Um, if you don't like sing, scream metalcore bands, don't listen to Fit for a King. But if you just want a good metalcore band that has a really good set of clean vocals and scream vocals and the music sounds good and it never bogs down, the band never goes pop, they never, you know, just throw some weird acoustic medley in there, Fit for a King, man, they're your band. 
check them out. They're one of the best bands out there doing this style. Jeff, final thoughts on Fit for a King. I think this is one of the few uh, sing, scream, metalcore bands out there that old school metalcore guys can listen to and not get like overly pissed off at pun intended yeah because it's <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's good enough to um to break out of the the typical mold because i know a lot of people just they get tired of the the the, the mainly dan over here gets tired of the sing scream metalcore and this and this is like he said this is fucking awesome i mean what else can you say about it other than the fact that they're consistent they're good they're clean they're tight it's everything that you want in a band and it just makes a really short episode because there's really nothing to complain about there's literally nothing to complain about and it's so crazy uh because these guys kind of really just burst onto the scene and it's not like this band's been you know been around for forever you know their first our real first introduction was 2013 right and there's five albums out in that short span of time that's crazy jeff do you like coffee I love coffee. Dan, you love coffee. Coffee's pretty good. Do you like black coffee? Do you like lattes? You know, what do you like? Well, I like my coffee like I like my metal black. <laughs> That's right, MSI. Do you like yeah. cheap coffee? Like, do you like Folgers? Do you like fancy coffee? Like, if I took you to an independent coffee shop, you know, would you be open to the experience and what it could be? Maybe. But I kind of just like regular coffee that tastes the same every day. So... If you wanted to guarantee that you were going to get a decent cup of coffee, you might go to Starbucks, right? Maybe. No. You're going to get a good cup of coffee every single time. Yeah. It's going to taste great. It's going to be dark roast, and it's going to be amazing. Fit for a King is like a damn good cup of coffee. You know exactly what it is. It doesn't take a lot of time to put together, and a lot of people aren't going to be impressed by it. Other bands take that cup of coffee and they start adding things to it and they start changing it and they start trying to mold it into something that it's not. Sometimes you just want a really good cup of coffee that's black coffee and that's it. And Fit for a King is that cup of coffee. You know exactly what you're going to get every single time and what you're going to get is going to make you happy especially if you like metalcore and coffee. Jeff, what's your album of the week? All right, you guys ready for this? No. So the album name is Fervor, and the artist is Cold Night for Alligators. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. <laughs> I don't know how I could follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Norma Jean, Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child, All the Way Home. Yeah, that's a, that's a a good standby, man. That never gets old. It really doesn't. I'm actually getting ready for next week. Cult Fiction by Spitfire. Fucking fantastic album. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, I, I just shared uh, some Spitfire not too long ago on our uh, discography discussion Facebook page. Yeah, everybody should. Uh, if you're not part of the discography discussion Facebook page, you should definitely join. And we, Jeff and I, will approve you. Did you just say definitely joined? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. That's awesome. Careful, you don't want to Jeff it. <laughs> well, no, seriously though, send a send a request to join the group, and Jeff or I will approve it. We'll let you right in. 
And on that note, this has been episode 98 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion, and please send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me money. I want to buy a throne that is fit for a king. That one I might actually leave in. Pork steaks. (laughs) 